maybe you have a cat. And it's very likely, if you have a cat, that you take photographs of that cat. But there's something you should know before you do that. Kevin used to work at I Can Has Cheeseburger. Yeah, so um, so the main, the flagship site was called I Can Has Cheeseburger, and there's basically, each post is a law cat. Basically, people would upload images of their cats, um, caption it, and then also once their cat photo was uploaded, anyone else could caption it as well. And then we'd go into this voting system for the community. The community would vote up a certain number, and then um, from like a pool, we would editorially, quote-unquote editorially, choose which ones appeared on the site. So you were told very early on that there was a rule about the types of posts that, that could go up. Yeah, and really they, it was strange because there was only one like real rule um, that wasn't an obvious one, and it was that we are not supposed to post any pictures of sleeping cats. No sleeping cats. No sleeping cats, and uh, which is strange because I think sleeping cats, especially kittens, are, are absolutely adorable. And yeah. That's you know, entirely what the site um, is based on kind of that awe factor. Um, my boss explained to me on the first day that um, no sleeping cats because people in the comments would often, you know, they wouldn't be sure if the cats were sleeping or dead. Well, was this a lesson that had to be learned? Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think the lesson was learned much earlier than I was there. But, um, like, without fail, apparently, um, every time a, a picture of a sleeping cat was posted, you know, people would be very concerned um, about us having posted a picture of a cat that may or may not be dead. <laughs> I mean, as if that was something that you would ever do, considering the mission of I Can Has Cheeseburger. Right. Were, were you or any of your coworkers ever in a position where there was a submitted image that was so good, so cute, so funny, but the cat happened to be asleep and you, you couldn't post it? Oh, like all the time. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, the... The sleeping cats were, I, they're just universally cute. Um, and the, the captions for them were always very good, too. Um, you know, they'd say things like, I has a sleepy, or, you know. Oh. So. So, Kevin, like, it's, it's hard for me to imagine people hating and getting upset about pictures of cats. What were, like, what were, like, the most vitriolic comments you got in your cat pictures? Oh, I mean, you know, a lot of, actually, a lot of the comments were also written in the cat speak, the wall speak. Um, so a lot of them were actually kind of indecisable to me. <laughs> you have seen thousands of these images. Have you ever seen a sleeping cat that you thought, that cat might be dead? Not like not once did that ever cross my mind. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. On today's show, we'll tell you how to talk like an animal and how to kick a field goal but first hey chris what can we help you with my question was um in the u.s when we need to convey uh, a sophistication or culture um, like in a tv commercial or a tv show um, we use a british accent and that somehow conveys some level of sophistication or culture that i guess we don't have in the u.s yeah the smart guy is always british Exactly, exactly. But I wonder what they do in um, Britain when they need to convey that same level of uh, sophistication, that sort of that otherness that you right. know, that reach beyond the the average. So, um, do you uh, do you do a good British accent, Chris? I don't know if it's good. It's uh, it's all right, I think. Can we hear it? Uh Let's see. Um, 
Here, here, here I go. Um, well, Margaret and I are headed off to the south of France for our holiday and have our lemon curd and scones packed. <laughs> Wait, is, is Margaret a real person or is that just the fanciest name you could it's think just of? just a, a fancy name. All right, well, we're going to see if we can you know, find someone to help us with this. Okay, that'll be great. We have somebody here who we think can help, Chris. It's Edward Hibbert. He played the very fancy guy Gil Chesterton on Frasier. He's a card-carrying British person. I was the voice of Bloomingdale's. I was the voice of Virgin Atlantic for several years. And they wanted a very, you know, like Virgin Atlantic. Take us for all we've got. And it gives people a sense of sort of, I don't know, a soothing upper-class upper English accent somehow, it, I think it does pay dividends, you know? Well, could we, could we try a little experiment? Could we take that, that Virgin Atlantic line, and could you give us, say, three levels of sophistication from, like, if you were to do it as an unsophisticated British-accented person, all the way up to... Yeah, the, well, that, you know what that is? In England now, I don't know how familiar you are with this, even the most blue-blooded Brit... Um, are prone to what we call estuary English, where, you know, they can come from extremely good homes and talk in as much of Queen's English as I am to you right now. But, you know, when you meet them, they sort of talk like that. My theory is they want to sound like every man rather than somebody who's been to a, a private school and ah. had an expensive education. Um, so I, mean, I suppose it's all right to quote uh, from a commercial I did seven years ago, is it? Won't be a, a violation of any copyright. So I would do, you know, if I was doing an estuary, um, I'd do Virgin Atlantic. Take us for all we've got. That would be estuary English. Okay. And then sort of middle class would be Virgin Atlantic. Take us for all we've got. And if you really want to go to the upper echelons of uh, aristocratic vowels, you'd do Virgin Atlantic. Take us for all we've got. Wow. Do you see the difference there? That's, yeah, yeah. that's the sort of the, the um, parameters of it. Do you and I, of course, don't speak with estuary English, as you might have gathered. <laughs> we, we've picked that up. Do you, do you, when you're doing that most high of accents, do you feel differently inside? Do you feel more sophisticated? Well, I think I'm sophisticated already. <laughs> but, I mean, no, I, I, I think one does. And, you know, sometimes I've got a very, very dear friend in England whose family are beyond blue-blooded. I mean, they're so upper-class that they don't have any conscience at all. They talk like that. You have to learn. It's like learning subtitles for a foreign movie. <laughs> wow. um, the man who married my dear friend said he had to learn the whole dialectical challenges of the upper, upper-class of England, calling like, Hello, you want to come around for a cocktail? <laughs> well, that is, Hello, darling, do you want to come round for a cocktail? And they talk like that because, you know, they're so, they're so laid back. <laughs> I've got no consonants. Wow. <laughs> so, wait, when you're hanging out with them, do you find yourself kind of like lapsing into that level well, of Well, I do a little bit because it's such a dying, it's an endangered species, that kind of. Um, <laughs> it's almost like a bygone era. Hello, darling. How are you? I wonder if, um, if that accent, the, the sort of most uh, aristocratic is so powerful. I wonder if we could take a uh, a really unsophisticated American phrase and and if you could say it in that accent, if it would uh, elevate it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, try me. Arby's, we have the meats. Arby's, we have the meats. 
Arby's, we have the meats. Yep, I think that's what they're going for with that sentence. <laughs> Although it, it does sound a little bit like they've kidnapped the meats and they're about to demand the, a ransom. Well, that is because it's the English villain thing yeah. coming through, perhaps. Well, Edward, thank you so much. Hopefully this helps Chris. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. All right, take care. If you've ever read a comic book, you've seen pictures where it just says, bam, or pow, or splagoosh. Not sure that's actually a word. Badonk. A group of translators in Russia wants to move Russian comic books to using native onomatopoeia there. For instance, uh, the sound gulp in Russian is a kurt kurt. And that got us thinking about the different sounds different animals make in different countries. For example, in Japan, dogs don't say arf, they say wan-wan. We're gonna head over to the Kaplan International English School here in Chicago, where international students learn to speak English. And we're gonna talk to them about the sounds animals make in their native countries. You'll know we're there when we start speaking in hushed tones. So, uh, what are your names? My name is Tae Min Ho. My name is Jiyun Yu. My name is Tan Bi Song. And where are you from? I'm from Korea. Are you, you're all from? Yes, okay. Korea. So what, what does a dog say in Korea? Mong Mong. Mong Mong. Mong Mong. And what about a cat? Wow. Okay, how about a, what does a chicken say? What about a pig? What was that? How about, here's one, how about a frog? What about a snake? <laughs> That's the same. And a, how about a bee? Bee? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, because we say in the United States it's bzzz. <laughs> so, what's your name? Uh, Peter. And you're from where? From Czech Republic. Okay, so you may have heard what we were doing over there. We're talking about... Uh, some noises and uh, animals. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what do you like? Like... Well, so what does a dog say in the Czech Republic? Dog or dog? A dog. Dog. Uh, kachna. Say again? Kachna. Wow. Yeah. And That's what, what he says? No, it's it's a name. Okay, what oh, it's sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ma, ma, maybe. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Uh, what about a cat? Cat? No. That's pretty similar. Yeah. Oh, what about a pig? Pig. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the same. And a horse? <laughs> that was very convincing. Do you have a Do you have a horse at home? No, I don't have a horse. Okay. <laughs> um, what about a chicken? Chicken? How do a chicken? I don't know. Beep beep maybe. Oh, and a frog. Frog. Quack quack. Oh, yeah. How about a mosquito? What is mosquito? So, Mike, what do um, what do uh, what does a dog say in uh, Denmark? Actually, I think he says naff, naff. N-A-F-F? Yeah, I think that's right. Huh. Did you know that the Smurfs aren't called Smurfs 
in Germany? No, what are they called? Die Schlumpf. So then when they speak, do they use the word die Schlumpf? Like Smurfs say, I'm gonna, I'm having a Smurfing good time. Do they say I'm having a die Schlumpfing good time? Yeah, and there's Schlumpfett. Wow. Hi. Hi. Uh, what's your name? AJ. And where are you from, AJ? I'm from Turkey. What does a dog say in Turkey? They say, how, how. Oh. Yeah. How about how about a chicken? A chicken is the top one. I know the rooster. I never thought about chicken before. How about a rooster? Rooster is like, rooster is like, So what about a frog? Ruck, ruck. Oh. Let me ask you this. So, you know, we a rooster here says cock-a-doodle-doo. Does that sound completely weird to your ears, having grown up with the other sound? That sounds hilarious to me. <laughs> but actually, we were taught, my husband is American, and then we were actually got into this conversation before, and then I asked him, like, how does the rooster sound? And he's like, how could it do? I'm not like, you are kidding me. I started <laughs> laughing. I was like, it doesn't sound like that at all to me. <laughs> it sounds like a song, like, how could it do? Um, no, it's, it's, it sounds so weird to me right now. Like, and even, like, uh, frog, like a ribbit, like, even though it sounds really like a frog, it's still so cute and so funny to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's so different, but yeah. How about a, what does a pig sound like? Uh, so here's the thing. We don't have pa- pigs in Turkey because it's a Muslim country, so I never thought about it. But we make this like <coughs> sound. But donkey sounds like, uh, for example. It's very different. Wait, do it again. Uh, that's interesting because here it's I think it's just the opposite. It's hee haw. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's just backwards. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. What about a cow? Moo. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty universal. And a horse? Actually, moo, more like. Oh, Sorry, like say again. Moo. It's that's like, like more uh, sound. I don't know. That yeah. sounds like a fancy cow. Like our <laughs> cows say moo, <laughs> moo. Like a, a snobbish cow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might be. I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, you're right. Um, How about a B? Viz. Viz with yeah. a V. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. And uh, did we do horse? Oh. Ew. That's it. Hey, sorry, I can take uh, all that tape we just heard. This is what um, sort of a one love international barnyard would sound like. It's the United Nations of animals. Yeah. Naf. Naf. How how? Naf. Now's the part of our show where we talk about our sponsors who give us money. Maybe you've heard of Stamps.com, but did you know that with Stamps.com you can avoid trips to the post office? Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your computer. 500,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, you can use the promo code EVERYTHING for a special offer, a four-week trial, plus a digital scale, and free postage. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, and type in EVERYTHING. That's the word EVERYTHING, not everything in the world. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably gotten tired of listening to this podcast, in which case we want to recommend listening 
to a different show. And this week we are going to talk about a, a show that is near and dear to our hearts. It's Car Talk. And it's near and dear to our hearts, uh, not only because we love it, but also because um, our boss uh, is also in charge of that show, and so it has to be near and dear to our hearts, or we'll get fired. Probably one of our favorite shows, one of the best shows out there. We can say that unequivocally. And uh, mostly because of its uh, executive producer. Really great guy. Doug Berman. Just an amazing guy who's very generous uh, when it comes time for bonuses. Very generous, and uh, what a good heart and handsome. That's the thing. You don't get those too often in the same person, but he's got both of them. And soft skin. You can laugh along with Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, on the Car Talk podcast. Find it now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. You may or may not be following. It's college football time. The University of Minnesota is trying to distract opposing kickers, trying to kick field goals, by playing the dramatic chipmunk video on the stadium's jumbotron. Now, you've probably seen this video. Uh, It sounds like this. And there's a chipmunk that turns its head and looks right at the camera with a kind of a stunned face. Now, the kicker for the University of Wisconsin... His name is Jack Russell. Mong Mong. Uh, he faced this dramatic chipmunk during a game last season, and he missed one of his three field goals. Uh, they took a lot of credit for that. Jack is on the line with us now. He's just gotten out of class. Uh, so, Jack, what class were you just in? Um, it was AECON uh, Global Development. So. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> it was long. Well, we uh, this will be a lot less difficult or interesting, I suppose, than that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, can you just uh, tell us the story of uh, of this game? Well, honestly, I never realized that there was a gopher on a screen while I was kicking. Really? I didn't because I don't know which end zone it was. I think it was the open end zone is where they had it on the screen. But the screen is it's a little off-center. So when I'm looking through, uh, lining up my kick, I never looked to the side there and saw that the gopher was there. Oh. So what? Uh, so what were they trying to do, though? What was the? What was uh, I guess the the stadium's plan to throw you off? Well, they were. I mean, they were trying to probably make me laugh or kind of lose my focus. Because um, usually, when you're back there getting ready to kick, you really don't want to have any thoughts going through your head. Uh, you kind of clear your mind, and I know that for here at Camp Randall, for instance, uh, the screen is right behind field goals mm-hmm. so they actually put just a black screen up when we're kicking on that end zone but having that gopher i didn't see it until the next day and i i thought it was pretty funny but no i they didn't they didn't throw me off of it though wow so now in reports you read reports about this and they say that or at least the reports say that you missed the first field goal i think it was 38 yards and I think a lot of people just combine those two things. There's a gopher on the video screen <laughs> and the missed field goal, but it has they're they're unrelated. No, I yeah, people I did see that too. That people were claiming that I missed that field goal because of the gopher. Well, here's a great. I mean, this is great that we can set the record straight now. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, I think we should we should even go a step further. I think what we could do is we could 
give you a chance to show the world that you are gopher proof. <laughs> so we we have the video here, which has this associated, you know, dramatic gopher, dramatic chipmunk sound. Do you want to tell us something about, um, what did you say the class you were in, applied economics? Yeah. Do you want to tell us something about that? At some point, we are going to throw the dramatic chipmunk sound down the phone line at you. And if you can, you know, keep your composure, uh, <laughs> this will prove to the world that the gopher didn't do it. All right. All right. So whenever you're ready, go, and uh, we'll queue up the chipmunk at some point. All right. Well, today we uh, we talked about free trade and the benefits, and we're pretty much just local economies, like for the U.S., and um, kinda we, were, we started talking about the Japanese and... Russia and all those kind of islands out there. You were completely unfazed. That was amazing. <laughs> that was fantastic. Did you even know that was happening? Uh, well, I did. I did hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? Well, I learned that uh, whenever you see a cute sleeping cat. You probably want to take its pulse. Just make sure. To make sure. Yeah, because a lot of people think that cat might have passed on. Just remind yourself, even if it's dead, it's got probably eight more oh. lives before it's gone. Also, I mean, whether it's alive or, or whether it's dead, you can still pet it for as much as you want. And for some people, that's all they really want is just to be able to pet a cat. doesn't matter if it's alive. It does, though does i have to say i don't i try and live my life without regret yeah but here we are a few minutes past going over to the international school and talking to people about what animals said and we spoke to that the woman from turkey and i realized too late that we didn't ask her what turkeys say in turkey that's actually we really blew that. It's professional negligence. You know what? Let's call over there right now and ask her. Let's do it. Do you think it's possible? Her name is AJ. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Hello, AJ? Hi, how are you? I'm sorry to bother you, but no, no, no. we just realized there was something we should have asked you that we didn't. Okay. What sound does a turkey make in Turkey? Ah, that's a very good question. Maybe glue, glue, glue? Glue, glue, glue. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And so then for Thanksgiving, we eat turkey dinner. Have you had a turkey yet for Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. I love turkey. Uh, My husband is uh, from the States, so we went a lot of Thanksgiving dinners together. And then actually there was this little kid, and then uh, the, the... his relatives were saying, like, oh, you know, she's from Turkey. And then the kid was confused. And then she, he was like, she's not from a Turkey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, And they're like, okay, don't confuse him right now. It's too early for him. So, um, yeah, I love Turkey. Well, thanks yeah. thanks so much, AJ. Sorry again to bother you. No, of course. I enjoy it. So, anytime. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving when it comes. Thank you. To you, too. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson. Nadia is our new producer, our new full-time How to Do Everything producer. She's still here, 
at this point. It's only been a few days, so let's not... And I think we need, what we need to do is keep a keep cool about Nadia so we don't freak her out. Maybe chain her to the How to Do Everything studio. That's another idea. Bring her food regularly. I, we don't want to make it... It's not torture. It's a fun job. Technical direction from Lorna White. Our artist in residence is Justin Witte. Our intern this week is we don't really have an intern. All we have right now is Nadia. Our intern this week is Nadia Wilson. You can get us your questions. Send them to howto at npr.org. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.